I used to think that real estate was buy a single family home or yep. fix and flip like on HGTV. And what I found is it's so much more than that. I mean, there's land, tax deeds. You can be the bank and invest. You can be involved in the biggest skyscraper you see in your town. You can flip mobile homes. Like there's just so much more. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Bullion. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a very special episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. I am here in the studio with Matt Fuller. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. And thanks for the generosity to have me in the house. I love it. I'm glad that you're here. You get to experience the Better Wealth way. And I'm excited to break down your story because you're into real estate. I'm excited to share why we're launching a real estate podcast and why you're going to be the face of it and, and what you're doing there. Like, I'm really pumped about that. I'm pumped about your story. Because you were, I mean, we're going to go through a ton in the series, like on my show and then on your show. And, and my hope is it encourages people to really lean into this idea of diversification, this idea of real estate, really understanding what we're investing in. And what's most encouraging about you, which might sound ironic, is you don't do this full time. Yep. That's really important to me because I feel like if you do do this full time, your show may, will still add value for sure. But it's like, if you do the, real estate full-time you're probably already like know what you need to do and you're probably working with people that are like really in the niches but there's a lot of people a lot of people that are like i want to do real estate and they don't even know where to start and i'm telling you like you are you are the person i'm going to say that right now you are the person that knows enough about money to be dangerous and enough about real estate in each category to at least point someone in the right direction and so I'm excited about that. But before we jump into the podcast and your story and all those things, I would love to hear like, number one, your why and why you're even like willing to be here. And then and then I want to dive into your story. Yeah. So my story starts with uh, I, I work at W2 today, right? I've spent over a decade in, the, uh, in sales and sales leadership at a leading technology company throughout the, the world, one of the biggest technology companies in the world. And a moment happened to me in 2015 where it's not the company I work for today, but I was supposed to receive a life-changing commission check. And I mm. never say the amount. Most would say it was a life-changing commission check. We were part of a net new acquisition of a big customer. It was a $10 million deal. And I just saw dollar signs all around. So I went around asking people, what should I do with this money? And I got everything from putting in an annuity to give it to a financial guy, to stocks, to bonds, to putting it in Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. And I was very fortunate at the time that I had a mentor that said, hey, I bought a bunch of real estate in the 2008 crash. I think he bought it in like 2010 or 11 or something like that. He only owned three properties, but he owned them free and clear. And it spit off $3,000 a month in cash flow, which mm -hmm. at the time was about 25% of my income. He told me about the appreciation that he's seen over the years. He told me about the tax benefits and all this. And I was like, okay, that's great. With this amount of money, I could go buy a few properties and uh, really see some of these benefits. And then I got the call the week of Christmas that I was not going to receive that commission check. And I remember specifically my conversation with the VP at the time, he said, Matt, how much money have you made this year? Tell me again. And I told him and he said, well, isn't that enough? And it was at that point that I recognized I have bigger goals in my life than working at a company and tying myself to a desk and things like that. And if I wanted to achieve those, I was going to have to build my own financial future. The long story is that that just set me off on a path to really understand how do I build additional income sources? How do I protect myself financially? And uh, that led me down this rabbit hole of real estate. It's so that was in 2015. Yep. So from there, 
the next day you stayed at the company you ultimately made that decision that day that you were not going to rely on somebody else to feed you the rest of your life and so that kind of opened up a door where did you begin like when when someone was like in 2015 i want to do this whole real estate thing did you read a book? Did you listen to a podcast, a show? Like, where, what got you started on this journey? Yeah. So when he um, mentioned real estate to me, he mentioned a book that I'm sure most people have Rich read. Rich Dad Poor Dad. This time <laughs> called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which led me to Four Hour Work Week, which led me to Bigger Pockets, which led me to podcasts and things like that. And it just led me on this journey of understanding any aspect of real estate and any aspect of financial future that it could. It wasn't until five months, six months after that that I invested in my first property. And it was a property around the street from me. And at the time, my thought was, hey, I'm close to the, the property. I know the area and all this kind of stuff. And I often get the question, should you invest locally? I did for the first time because of those reasons. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I've moved past that because if the tenant calls me and they yeah. get something done, I can't swing a hammer. I don't know how to flush a commode, right? <laughs> so like, I'm not the most handy person in the world, but it got me down the journey. It started yeah. me on the journey and it's, it's very important for me as I talk to people about real estate and that first deal that you do it and you try not to lose money, then that's a win, yep. right? Because I know a ton of people who have done zero deals in real estate and want to get into it. And I know a ton of people that have done multi-million dollars of real estate and want to continue down that journey. I know no one who has done one real estate deal and stopped there. So yeah. I would encourage anyone out there that if you're looking to get invested in real estate, figure out a low risk way to start involving yourself in real estate. And if you don't lose money, that's a win because yeah. you've learned the process and you're ready to get going. Okay. So if we're going to, if we're going to take a step back and say, okay, money 101, people make cash flow. Cash flow comes in either from a job, maybe from pretty much a job for most people. There's some investments like real estate that create cash flow. And then really money goes two places. It's either gone, that could be through taxation and or life or coffees or, you know, getting your gear for, you know, running. That's a whole nother story. I want you to share that. Um, or it's saved and invested for the future. The thing about real estate that makes it so interesting is real estate can be an investment, but it also can enhance your cash flow. It can literally increase both areas in a in a if we look at a cash flow ratio of of three like if you have cash flow consumption and investing and so high level what i like to tell people about real estate is if done properly you have you you can get something that can grow in value can create cash flow can create tax advantages and it's like the probably one of the best ways to get a leveraged um use leverage for an investment um because it's i mean i think it's the easiest way to get leverage if you compare it to you know getting a bank loan for a business or other things and so it's one of those asset classes that um is is already good but can be made better if positioned well uh, and you know who knows at the time of this recording a lot of people are worried about taxes and other things and um, who knows what the tax laws are going to be but at the end of the day real estate has always been one of those things that has provided tax benefits because of the value it brings to society so Big picture, if someone's like, Matt, what, pitch me on why real estate. Is there anything I'm missing here? Because I, I know we're going to go a little bit deeper and we're going to be creating a series going through like each scenario because I, I'm excited about this because um, there's a difference between, you know, the Burr method versus land flipping versus syndications and not none of them are bad. None of them are in, like inherently good. It's just figuring out what you want. So overall, 
is there anything I'm missing? And is there any like analogy or story that you're like, I want people to understand about real estate that really made it click for you? Yeah. So a couple of things I would say and highlight from what you just said. So first of all, I am um, very fortunate to surround myself with some people that have done well financially. And a lot of them own nice watches, nice houses, yeah. nice shoes, nice cars, boats, and things like that. And for the first time in 2020, uh, when they saw their equity market, uh, equity portfolio take a dip for like 30 or 40%, and unfortunately people were losing their jobs around them, that's when a lot of people came to me and were like, well, wait a minute, what are you doing? How do you build income streams and things like that? And one of the things you all really talk about is living an intentional life. Yes. I cannot tell you how much easier it was for me to sleep at night in March of 2020 and April of 2020, knowing that I had the cash flow coming in from my real estate portfolio, if for nothing else than to put a roof over my head and food on my table. Yep. Now, in good times, you also can show up more intentionally in your job because you're not worried about saying the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time and all those sorts of things that surround a corporate environment. That's one of the highlights there. I would say pitch you on real estate. So my philosophy is buy cash flowing assets because if you are betting on appreciation, then that's fine. I, I, I'm not saying that you can't win that way, but it is a fool, fool's game, right? Basically, yeah. somebody else has to, greater fool's game, somebody has to pay you more than what you paid for it. So I am all about buying cash flowing assets. And when you buy real estate correctly, which I believe you should never buy real estate unless it cash flows, like in, okay. unless you have, That's good. Unless you have yeah. money to kind of bet on appreciation. And if you have money to bet on appreciation, there might be other assets where you can make better bets and grow your wealth faster. But I, I never buy real estate unless it produces cash flow. Um, but all the other benefits that you said on appreciation, leverage, those are great as well. I want to highlight something though that you said about taxes. So in my opinion, the tax system in America is built not to raise revenue. And that tends to be a shocking comment to say to some people, but the tax system is not built in America to raise revenue. It's to incentivize the private industry to do things that the public the government knows it needs to do, but doesn't want to do it because of inefficiencies or it's a heavy lift for them. Yeah. So a couple examples of that would be small businesses. Why do small businesses and businesses in general get a bunch of tax breaks? It's because they don't want to employ 30, 330 million people. They would rather incentivize entrepreneurs out there like yourself to go hire people and provide income for them. Real estate is one of those as well. Like, so there's a lot of questions right now, what's gonna happen with the tax laws and things like that in real estate. At the end of the day, if you look at it from that perspective of the government doesn't want to be in the housing industry, they're gonna continue to be tax benefits for those. Yeah. So if I could highlight a few, one would be deductions. So you can uh, deduct your interest, your expenses, if you advertise, for instance, to get a tenant and things like that. Um, there's depreciation, so basically any thing that you buy from a capital expense standpoint is going to deteriorate over time. So the government's going to give you some incentive to offset some of your income through depreciation. And then finally, once you sell the property, there's some uh, tax advantages through a 1031 exchange where you can punt that tax bill down the line and roll it into another property. So all of the different things that you mentioned um, are, are, are great. And I, I'll close it with I know I'm here to talk about real estate, but I am also a fan of real estate is a strategy yeah. to your financial future. It yeah. is not the 
strategy. So you still need like 30% of my net worth is still in the in the equities market. I'm not full in real estate ride or die kind of thing, but there are some significant advantages that provide real estate that make real estate the most powerful generational wealth building investment vehicle that you can go for. I love it. There's so many things that I want to touch on there. What I want to do is go back to Matt's childhood and and tell me a little bit about you growing up. I know that you're also a pretty powerful athlete. And so I, I wanted to highlight that mainly because I, I think you are juggling a lot right now and you are super disciplined. And the only reason this guy's in the studio is because you were super intentional reaching out and then you went way above and beyond in every area of working. And and so we pretty much were like, we have to produce a podcast and make him the face. And we're going to do a mini series on the Better Wealth podcast because I see this being extremely valuable. And it's just been really impressive to see how much you've learned and how like this is not your natural tendency to be in the studio on camera. And yet this is like it just going back to like you're crushing it mainly because of how hard you work and how intentional you are. So let's go back to your childhood and then let's explain why we got connected, how we got connected and why the podcast. Yeah, I think when you say I'm a face of a podcast, what you basically said is I have a radio face. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I was saying this before. I'm like, dude, your eyes are bluer than mine. I'm like, we might, uh, it's a good thing I'm comfortable in my own yeah. skin, you know? Yeah, uh, so my childhood, man, I won the parent lottery. I have great parents that have always supported me and always valued my growth and will always continue to support me when I cool. do crazy things like fly out to Denver to shoot a podcast in a, in a studio or invest in real estate and things like that. My dad was an entrepreneur. We had a lot of good years. We had a lot of bad years. And my mom was a school teacher who worked her way up from being a school teacher to getting her PhD at Virginia Tech to uh, being assistant superintendent of our school district. But I also grew up in a really small town uh, in Appalachia. And I mean, the poverty rate is through the roof. The arrest rates are through the roof. The amount of people that cycle in and out of jail and are on drugs and things like that, it's, it's, a, it's a great place to live. It is also a very uh, humbling place to live. Mm. And I, I don't know, there was something about just growing up in that environment that I didn't want to stay in that type of environment. I'm also a twin. So my twin brother is better looking and more successful than I am, but my mom loves me more. Um, <laughs> he's graduated from U University of Michigan with a law degree, has already worked in three Supreme Court cases at the age of 34. So oh. just super, super great guy and intelligent. And it's always interesting looking back, knowing that someone has been there your entire life for all the things. And we were talking the other night about having a photographic memory. My brother has a photographic memory. He's like, remember that time when we were two and this happened? I was like, no, wow. <laughs> I was barely, barely walking. And then a, a last part about kind of my history and, and my story is I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my sister. My sister grew up with Down syndrome um, back in a time when they didn't really know how to diagnose someone with mental disabilities and the support systems were still being built out and things like that. Mm -hmm. My um, sister tragically died uh, two and a half years ago now. And, um, you know, it, it, at the age of 40 in her sleep. And it's just one of those things when you grow up someone with someone like that in your household, it just pushes you to recognize how lucky and grateful you should be that you can do things like tie your shoe and cook your yeah. own meals and go to the grocery store and things like that. And I mean, she, she is a part of who I am because of the humility that it brought me, but it also showed me how lucky I am to uh, just be able to function. It's, it's crazy when you start thinking about the basics of life and how we take that 
for granted every day. Yeah. And and even even the fact that we didn't have to worry about our water being clean and the little things like there's people that are healthy, but just because they got born in a different part of the world don't have a fraction of the opportunities that we have. Yeah, look, if you're listening to this right now, you're in the 1%. That's right. I mean, just the fact that you have access to a phone, the internet, and yeah. can yeah. have headphones. I mean, you're in the 1%. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to be better. I always strive to be more and better. And I want to be better. Um, but you're in the 1%. So count your lucky stars some days that <laughs> you have the problems you have versus some right. of the other problems out there. Right. Oh, man, we could we could do a whole, whole episode and rant on that. But we're going to go back to the real estate. So you, when did you reach out to me? It was... Over a year ago, right? Yeah, it was in 2020. So you mentioned athletes. So I do Ironman triathlons, right. which for those of you that don't know, are 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike, 26.2 mile run. Yes, it's all on a single day. Yes, it's all on a single event. I do that because I like torture, I guess. <laughs> I have this, and I talked about this the first time we ever met, is um, I want to see how far I can push myself mentally, emotionally, and mm. spiritually. And see when I get to that edge, if I can jump and Iron Man has taught me that like Iron yeah. Man that you can feel like you're the greatest athlete in the world and you're very in shape and then it will humble you the next day. And I always ask people like, what do you do every single day that humbles you? Because this world is going to throw you so many curveballs. We are moving faster than we ever have in the history of the world, but slower than we ever will be in the future. So if you can't constantly mm. adjust and get yourself humble to the changes that are about to happen in this world, mm. it's going to be a struggle for you. And Iron Man for me is kind of that struggle. When I interview people, actually, in my W-2 work, I ask them that. And I've heard everything from mm. cooking, because yeah. you can always add a little bit something that's different to it. I've heard things like my relationship with God. And I'm like, that's, I mean, because yeah. you always kind of are pushing that limit. Where is that? And then God will humble you and things like that. So mm. I listen to a lot of podcasts when I ride and run and, and you popped up on one of them. I was super <laughs> inspired by your story and you were dumb enough to leave your email at the end of it. So I was like, hey, Kayla, <laughs> I'm reaching out to people that it was one of my goals to reach out to people and grow my network. And um, fortunately, you took the call, which led to another thing to you have family in Knoxville. And I went to school in Knoxville and flew out here. And the rest is history, they say. Yeah, I, f I feel like. Well, number one, what's one of the most, like, I guess, what's the thing that you've learned most in running and doing Ironman? Like, is it, has it been the physical aspect? Has it been the mental aspect? Because I'm sure you have to say there's a lot of relational disciplines you need to have just to have the discipline to train. Yeah, I, I would say it's the consistency. Yep. The consistency to show up and do something every single day yep. will pay benefits if you give it long enough. And that's what Ironman has showed me is like, you'll show up on race day with people that were uh, college runners or college swimmers, long distance athletes before, and they just, they, they've been doing it longer than you. That, that doesn't mean they're not talented, right? There's a certain skill involved in Ironman racing. It's not just how fit you are. It is how mental you are as well. Um, but overall, it's the consistent aspect of having to put together training every single day. So like, we woke up, I woke up this morning and ran 10 miles in this thin air and I'm over here struggling mentally because of it. <laughs> but like, I, I, it's, it's part of who I am now. Yeah. And, and I would encourage everyone, it doesn't have to be that, but find your consistent habits yeah. every single day that you're going to try to get better at. And over the long run, those will pay tremendous dividends. So you reached out to me and you were already doing a li the life, life insurance and you already saw the benefits of that. And I, I remember our conversation. I was actually in this, in the studio talking to you. And I'm like, man, 
this guy seems really down to earth. He seems super genuine. He seems like you had no you had no agenda other than like, listen, I love what you guys are doing. I love your story. I, I don't know if there was an ask. I think I just think it was like anything I can do, I, I want to be a part of of what you guys are doing. And and I think you referenced back to our mission, which is like a really good way to get on my radar. There's a incredible human being that like can help us further our mission. And so I think after a few conversations, you came out and it was very, it was very, very evident that, hey, what can we do? And one of the things that you wanted to do is kind of get into the real estate game and teach people and all the stuff. And, And then knowing the background that we had with the podcast, and it's like, why don't we partner? We help you produce a podcast, get the message out. Let's start building relationships because better wealth, like I, 2000, you better believe it, 2022, we're going to start doing some big things in the real estate world, and we need a who. I'm a big fan of Dan Sullivan and who, not how. And so you're very much the who to better wealth and, and myself into entering the real estate world. And whenever we try to enter something, we want to be able to bring value and build a platform. And And the podcast is the beginning of uh, building that platform. And it's been so fun to see because you've built so many relationships to date. And man, we haven't even gotten started. Yep. So walk through, walk through that, and and like number one, why did you reach out, and like why life insurance, and why are you doing this when you have a really good gig going on already? Yeah, I would say so. Our initial conversation, you you, I remember saying that the and asset book. I spent six weeks trying to understand how to fully leverage a life insurance policy, and then I read your book, and I'm like. <laughs> Should have started here. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the easiest thing. And I yeah. think I told you, I was like, I'm trying to convince one of my friends not to surrender their policy because of the benefits of it. Yeah. And then I read your book and it's like, well, I'll just send him the book. And if he doesn't understand it then, then it's I it's just yeah. past that. So um the the easy way that you break down a complex conversation was what really attracted me to to kind of reach out and to try to bridge a connection. You mentioned uh, growing relationships and things like that. So the podcast has been a great way for me to kind of leverage a forum to not only learn for myself and to help educate other people, but to build different relationships. And and when you think about capital, we think the word means either a city and a big state or a, a, a country, or we think about money, human capital. That's right. Is one of the best forms of capital there is out there. Right. And I don't think I've met a better person at understanding how to leverage human capital, grow relationships, and really add value to other people than you. And so that was one of the big things around when we were initially talking about real estate and how do we grow and what what can we do together that really we we really synergized on is how do we go build relationships and then build a business kind of thing. Yeah, human, human capital, I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. But there's really cliche statements that I've made and, and I've, other people have made that you are your greatest asset. And if you think about it, majority of things, good and bad, that's happened in your life, it's because of you. And so with that statement, it's like, okay, then what, only in America or whatever, we taught, you know, go, go make money and then take that money and diversify it. And that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But what ends up happening is a lot of times we're not investing in the thing that will help us get closer to where we want to go. And sometimes diversification is important and real estate is important, but what I found is there's a lot of times a disconnect between where you want to go and what you're doing. I'm just a huge fan of of humans and our number one investment as a company has been internal and external human relationships. And you're a, a perfect example of that. I mean, 
I'll be able to take a fraction of the credit of all the amazing content and relationships that come from this and why it's because of our relationship. And it's just like, it's really exponential. And it's also a form of leverage. Um, we could get into a whole- We're on stay, a ball kick this weekend. Just stick, like subscribe to the show, subscribe to Matt's show, and we're gonna be doing, like you're gonna be learning a ton. So anyways, talk about podcasts, talk about like why you named, I, I, I want you to share the name because I think it's brilliant and that was, this was all you. Um, and then talk about like the mission behind it and why everyone that's listening to this should subscribe. Yeah, so the name of the show is Ice Cream with Investors. And the reason why we named it that way is because generally when I was thinking about a name, it was all about the world feels very pessimistic to me and that we're surrounded by negativity and you have a chance to block that negativity out and focus on the being optimistic, the positives. We live in the greatest time in human history, right? Yep. And we don't have an opportunity problem. We have too many opportunities yep. to go invest in. So ice cream with investors really came down to if we live in this pessimistic world, who's pessimistic when they're thinking about talking about or <laughs> listening to somebody ramble about ice cream. So it's a, we're, we're throwing our little spin on there with five topping questions and what's your favorite ice cream and what's your scoop and things like that. It is my dream, Caleb, that we host a better wealth conference one day and somebody goes, oh, you're Matt Four from Ice Cream with Investors. Can I buy you ice cream? And it's like, really, I'm just thinking of the long game. How do I get ice, free ice cream for the rest of my life? But ultimately, what would I? My, the, my goal is to bring on different people that are invested in these different niches because it, I used to think that real estate was buy a single family home or yep. fix and flip like on HGTV. And what I found is it's so much more than that. I mean, there's land, tax deeds, you can be the bank and invest in notes. You can you can be involved in the biggest skyscraper you see in your town. You can flip mobile homes. Like there's just so much more. So what I hope to do and what my goal is for this is that I bring on enough diversified guests around real estate that you, a listener, can say, I don't want to do something actively. So this, this woman really spoke to me or I really want to be active. So this wholesaler really spoke to me and I can just broker those connections to get you connected wherever you are in your journey. So uh, that's the name of the podcast. That's how we, how we ended up there. And that's kind of the goal of what we're shooting for. I love it. And one of the things that we talked about early on was bring in, bring in guests, but then also have a shorter episode where you're breaking down the scoop kind of deal of of the episode which i think is in, in a world of, of podcasting i think the, what gets me in a little bit of trouble is my show is very general and i do it for relationship building i, I do it for the documentation because we repurpose content but at the end of the day what i'm really excited about your gig is you you really have that dialed in and i think what what's going to happen is it's you're going to build a a strong following and I'm telling you, if you if you want to build relationships with this guy, ice cream doesn't cost that much, and you're gonna make his freaking week. So, so I'm just saying, like from a relationship standpoint, the first person that does that is going to be—it's pretty unreal. It's it, it's funny you say that because I was uh, interviewing someone yesterday in the studio here, and he was eating a pint of ice cream, and I'm like, that is my dream that we eventually one day will be sitting together in person yeah. and both eating ice cream. You know, we have I'm going to, I'm going to buy you ice cream today. Right. I'm going to be that person. So don't make promises. You can't keep, <laughs> I, I, I will do it. Ironic thing is I don't like ice cream. So that's like, it's like, you know, April and Dan and other people. Yeah, I know. Just, just leave. <laughs> I don't love ice cream, but I can appreciate like I, I do eat it. It's just, I would much rather eat an apple ironically. So 
All right, man. Is there anything that you want to end on as it relates to better wealth, our relationship, real estate, your story, inspiration? Yeah, no, um, a couple of things. One, uh, you, you always wonder when you're watching someone on YouTube or when you're listening to them on podcasts, if they're genuine and real and things like that. And the more I've gotten to know you, I walk away every time inspired. And I think you always leave with, how can I add value to you? And I'm like, dude, how can I add value to you? What do you mean? Like, I'm just so grateful that uh, you would spend time and, and really nurture our relationship together. I think you're very, very smart on money. It's funny to see you off camera on a whiteboard and <laughs> you take me places that um, are really, really interesting for me to learn about. So thank you for that. And I love what you all are building here, ultimately to help people see and achieve their highest potential and live a more intentional life. That's what it's all about. You can't go back and get more time. So how do we yeah. leverage our time today to live more intentionally, whether that's showing up more intentionally at your W-2, showing yeah. up more intentionally with your children and with your family, showing up more intentionally in your community and the causes that you give to and what you serve. Yeah. So I'm all about it. And uh, I, I just happy to be here. I absolutely love it, man. You you know, we end all of our podcast episodes with guests with the final legacy question. And the legacy question goes like this. If this is your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most and you can't give them any episode or book or anything that you've done other than this conversation. What are you going to make sure to communicate in that last conversation? As much as I've listened to the show, I can't believe I don't have a better answer for this, but I'm going to give the thing that I stand behind the most right now is meet people where they are. And I think right now, the, the biggest things that I'm seeing across the world is everybody is shouting their opinion at someone yep. like that's going to change yep. their mind. And they don't really understand where that person's trying to come from. So every conversation I'm having, I'm always trying to understand what this person is saying, but why are they saying it? What's yeah. the feeling? What's the real thing behind that? And ultimately, if we all just sat down at a table and met where we are physically, yeah. emotionally, mentally, intellectually, met that person where they were, then the world would be a better place. So I would encourage everybody to go out there and just understand that when you're having a disagreement with someone, it's not that you probably disagree about the fundamental issue. It's that you're at different places. Yeah. So meet that person where they are. That's one thing I really admire about you is we can talk about an issue. And I would like to say you and I have the ability not to get emotional about topics. And we can like, we can almost play the third party, the obstacle. It's like, okay, this is, we both love, like we both want X, Y, and Z. How are we going to do it? And, and we live in a super polarizing world where it's like, oh, you just attacked my livelihood. And, you know, it's, and it's, it's truly like seek first to understand, like Stephen Covey said it well, seek first to understand. And I, I really admire that about you. I mean, um, you, yes, you do that so well, you're disciplined, you have high integrity and you truly lean into what it means to live intentionally. And so thank you so much for not only being here, but being willing to partner as it relates to content, um, to be able to show up powerfully for, for all of you that are either watching or listening. So I want to encourage everyone to please get out your phone or Spotify or where do you listen? Do you listen to podcasts on Apple? I listen to it on Stitcher. Stitcher. Okay. Yeah, but it's on the Apple podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Google podcasts if you're an Android person. And so type in ice cream with investors and hit the subscribe button and then take two minutes out of your day and scroll all the way down and leave a five-star review. Those reviews help two, two things. It helps other people see the show, but more importantly, it gives Matt more credibility when he goes out and reaches out to guests. 
they like to see that, oh, people listen to this. And so um, that would be a great way to help what we're up to, a great way to help Matt, and a great way to further learn because the, the higher the quality of the show, the more guests we can get on. And so with that, any final words or any way that people can stay connected with you? Uh, thank you for the plug. Thank you yep. for everything you're saying. It really does help if you just hit a subscribe button. Yep. I, that's one thing I always never knew until I had a show. And then I'm like, holy smokes, that really doesn't. <laughs> uh, but I, the last thing I would leave you with is I absolutely love geeking out about real estate, but I also absolutely get, love geeking out about financial stuff, the end asset and anything like that. Please reach out yeah. with questions. I mean, you are doing me a favor by asking me questions that are on your mind. And uh, we shot some things the other day around frequent asked questions. And I really started to get jazzed up about that. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out and I would love to have a chat or I'd love to answer them via video or any other way. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review and share this with the people that you know and love.